Well, the better team lost tonight. Now, the Vancouver Canucks went out and had a valiant effort over the Detroit Red Wings that they should have won, but they got goalied by none other than Thomas Grice. We'll break down the game, pluses, minuses, game pucks, and of course, all of your listener feedback as always. Unfortunately, though, just not with a win. Well, it's uh, it wasn't the Canucks night. Uh, game three of the season, Canucks dropped back down to 500, three points in three games so far on this road trip. And, you know, being 500 on a road trip to start the season usually isn't that bad. But when you're going up against Detroit, it's a game you want to win against a team that... Uh, isn't very good and the Canucks showed that that team wasn't very good um the Canucks outshot the Detroit Red Wings something like 41 to 21 tonight uh if you look at the uh advanced analytics the expected goals were about 3.7 for the Canucks and they were only able to score one uh it just wasn't their Canucks night some shaky goaltending on the Canucks and to start the game but let's go break down the game starting with our game summary as always uh we got uh, Yaroslav Halak in net for the Vancouver Canucks. Thomas Grice in net for the Detroit Red Wings. And one interesting note before this game, uh, uh, Troy Stetcher. Healthy scratch for the second straight game to start the season for Detroit. Maybe he ends up on waivers. Maybe the Canucks make a claim. Who knows? Just a thought. Uh, the Canucks set the tone really early in this game. We had a really good, solid shift from Pedersen, uh, Miller, and Hoaglander uh, that set the tone really early. Uh, there was a really bad refing mishap early, a quick whistle. Uh, as uh, Pedersen basically had the puck go through Thomas Grice as he slid outside of his net and sort of behind it. Pedersen picked up the puck between the goaltender's legs behind him. Early whistle sort of robbed Pedersen of a goal. He might not have scored it, but I think he probably would have. Uh, but it's still 0-0. And then after about 10 minutes of solid pressure from the Vancouver Canucks, an icing at the end of a long shift leaves the Canucks back on their heels. A wrister from Stahl gets tipped high by Fabry over Halak to make it 1-0, and the rest of the first was pretty eventful. We had Pedersen drawing a penalty on Nick Letty, so the Canucks went to the power play. Horvat almost scored, but he fumbled it, uh, so we go to the intermission 1-0 Detroit. Now, the second period, starting on the power play, uh, Horvat got robbed on this one. A textbook bumper play, and, uh, and Thomas Grice was insane, robs him there. Uh, and then about five minutes in, Bo Horvat starts a play with a really good forecheck. He leaves the puck for Connor Garland, who backs around the net, literally just sort of moonwalks behind the net. His head is up the whole time looking at Thomas Grice. And the second he gets to the goal line, he's looking and he sees, well, his his head is away from the post and he's already down. If I hit his head, it will go in. And that's exactly what he did. Uh, so he was able to make it one to one for uh, the Canucks in this one. Then... Uh, the Red Wings get their first power play of the game. Uh, Jason Dickinson holding call. This was the second worst power play in the NHL last year. They were under 12%. And then a broken Highmore stick makes it basically a 5-on-3. Zadina gets a one-timer, beats Halak short side. We're at 2-1. Uh, and that's basically all of the main goals that were scored in this one. Um, there was some, some iffy stuff. We had an OEL hit on Letty that was kind of iffy that went uncalled. Um, and then Garland and Hoaglander had a really nice two-on-one that they couldn't get past Grice. Uh, and then we go to the third period. Canucks early on the power play. Rathbone gets tripped by Nemesnikov. This was the worst power play I've ever seen in my life, I think. The Canucks could not get across the blue line. They never got, when they did, they never got the puck past like six feet inside the blue line. It got turned over and cleared the other way every single time. 
Uh, and, and this is a night that the Canucks needed their power play to go. They needed something to spark some life, something to get past Thomas Grice, but they just couldn't get anything to go. Uh, and having wasting two minutes on a power play in the third period down one is not going to help. Uh, but then we get um, this Connor Garland play where the play gets called offside late, uh, as in the puck is passed across. Uh, Horvat is like mid pass to Garland and the whistle goes and Garland tips the puck and it goes in uh, past Grice. Now, one, I don't think it was offside. I watched the one replay. I didn't watch the the other um, replay, but like I, like I didn't look at it after, but it didn't look offside to me. Uh, and then Detroit's so mad because Garland tipped the puck in their net after the whistle, even though the whistle was so late that it was like pretty bang, bang. But uh, Detroit starts to lose it on Garland. Um, everyone's sort of, you know, Garland gets thrown to the ice. No call is made, which is kind of silly to me. But, you know, the refs kind of let this one get out of hand uh, with stuff after the whistle. They weren't calling it. And then that just let things get out of hand. So then with nine minutes to go, Connor Garland goes for sort of the reverse hit on Zadina. Uh, Zadina. The puck is down by the Canucks goal line. He sort of turns Zadina like like bends down and reaches over. And it looks really bad at first. It looks like Garland catches him with the elbow and takes him out. And then on further looks, it's like, oh, he Zadina literally skated into Garland's back. Like his face hit Garland in the big number eight on his back. So if you watch this, the refs are not going to call anything here. There's a ref literally right like four feet away from the play as it happens. His arm is not up as Zadina's lying on the ground. Then Garland gets jumped and a whole scrum ensues. Uh, Horvat with a big takedown, uh, really throwing some heat in this melee. And then then they come out and they say, you know what, Connor Garland, five minutes, uh, five minute major uh, for a check to the head. But now we can review it. And I think the refs saw it initially and were like, oh, I don't think that was a bad hit. And then they saw the reaction. They're like, oh, maybe it was bad. Well, we want to review it. Now you can't review it. They could call it two minute, but I think their fear was, well, if we call it two minutes and it was really bad, then it looks bad on us. So we'll call the major and then we can review it. So they review this and then they still give him two minutes. Now the rule is if you call a major penalty and you review it, a major penalty or a match penalty, this is valid for, and it gets reviewed, you cannot 100% rescind the call. You can turn it to a minor, but you cannot take the penalty away entirely, which is why they had to leave it at two minutes. I guarantee they saw that clip and they're like, ooh, that might not have been a penalty. And But the best they could do is make it two minutes, which is unfortunate for the Canucks. After everything's said and done, they even it out. They make it five on five, which I think was probably the right thing to do there. Uh, I think they, they were just like, look, if we like, okay, we have to give him two, let's even everything out to make it a wash. So it stays at five on five moments later, Justin Dowling off the backhand literally hits the crossbar with like eight minutes to go, which would have turned this game on its head. Just super unlucky, sort of fluttered up, hit the bar and came out. Uh, and then with two and a half minutes to go more chaos uh, a jack rathbone shot from the point it goes in everyone celebrates ref just waving no 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 goal and you look at it and niels hoaglander quite clearly skating uh past the top of the crease uh catches grice in sort of the helmet with his shoulder now i don't know the exact rule i tried looking it up but it's pretty unclear uh, or at least like the the one website that i found the rule on i, I wasn't looking through the entire nhl rule book uh, on what goalie interference is 
I saw Drance saying, well, he was outside of the crease, so incidental contact is fine. And that was my interpretation of the rule. However, it would look really bad on them if they didn't call this goalie interference and he did sort of catch his head and then it went in. So Travis Green, I believe, has an option to challenge here, which he does not do. Uh, and I guess his thought is, well, we've been dominating. So there's still two and a half minutes to go. We can still score one if we challenge this and it gets uh, brought back. And I don't think the refs would have, I don't think the refs would have overturned it because he does catch him in the head. Even if it was like on the edge of the crease, I don't think they would have overturned it. But even if, but then they get, you know, if, if they don't overturn it, then the Canucks get a penalty and then the game's basically over, right? Now you're five on four with two minutes to go uh, and the game's over. So Travis Green banks on his guys being able to score one uh, which doesn't happen. We have Halak go to the bench with 2.20 to go. Uh, Horvat has his best chance of the night, uh, which is crazy because he had a couple of really good chances as well. Uh, but a quick rebound off of a Pedersen shot in tight. It comes to Horvat. Grice slides over to his left and absolutely robs him. And then a giveaway from Elias Pedersen with about a minute to go goes to Sam Gagne, former Vancouver Canuck, and he scores from his own blue line. So unfortunate game for the Vancouver Canucks. They went out, they outplayed the other team pretty handily doubled them in shots and they got crushed by a goalie. So let's go into our plus minuses, our game pucks, and then we'll get to your thoughts in a moment here. Uh, first plus, like I said, they outplayed them 41 to 21 in shots. Uh, if you do that, you're going to win most of the time, right? The thing about hockey, individual games are quite luck based, right? When you, when there's only like three goals scored in a game, it doesn't take much for that third goal to flip one side or the other, right? So Canucks get on the bad side of this one, but they probably got a little bit lucky last night. So either way, um, they end up getting no points from this one. Um, I really liked another plus is that they had their foot on the gas. First 10 minutes of this game in a back-to-back, -back, they were out, they, they went out, they played hard last night. They had to go to overtime they had to go to a shootout and they went out and they just were all over the Red Wings in the first 10 minutes and they kept it up throughout the game. So I was pretty impressed by the stamina level to go out there and uh, and to just outwork the Red Wings for basically the entire game, maybe other than the last half of the first period. Uh, my biggest plus of the night is Connor Garland. Connor Garland had an outstanding game. Uh, he played really well. Uh, he was just, he was again, just spinning with the puck. His puck control was really good. He had really good chances. He had his one goal. Um, and then I loved that uh, Giovanni Smith went after Oliver Ekman Larson. Uh, Garland got in there and went after Smith, right? Like Garland was standing up for his teammates, only his third game with the team, but he's backing his guys, standing up for him. And then all of the chippy stuff, Garland is not backing down from, right? He's 5'8", but he doesn't play that way, right? He's out there. He's throwing punches. He's getting in skirmishes. He's... He plays so much bigger than he is. His, he has a huge heart, and I love, love, love Connor Garland. There was nothing to dislike about him this game, and uh, he is going to be such a good player for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, another big plus, the Canucks dominated the third period, and it's not even close. If I pull up natural stat trick here, and we look at, at all scenarios, third period, uh, the Canucks were 65% expected goals in uh to the 35% of Detroit expected goals in the third period two for the Canucks one for the Red Wings basically uh high danger uh scoring chances were 8 to 2 uh shot attempts in the third period shot shot attempts in the third period were 37 to 8 in favor of the Canucks the Canucks threw 37 pucks at the net in the third period and none of them went in uh and that's you know it's just one of those games you got goalied 
uh, and it's and it's just unlucky. Uh, and another big plus, Brock Besser should be back soon. Uh, we thought, or what we have heard, um, and I actually heard this from Rick Dollywall on Clay's 24-hour stream earlier. Um, Rick says that Brock Besser was either supposed to be back on the weekend or for the Buffalo game. That was sort of the assumption. With it being a back-to-back and then a two-day rest, which is what the Canucks have now, they don't play until Tuesday. Uh, the Canucks might have been like, okay, well, Besser, you're like 95%. Give him two more days, he'll be good. So... Hopefully he's back for the Buffalo game, if not the Seattle game afterwards, or not the Seattle game afterwards. Who do they play between that? I have it here. Uh, the Blackhawks game after, because uh, they play Sunday, Thursday, Sat- or Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday next week. Uh, so hopefully uh, Besser is back in time for at least some of those games. Hopefully all three, because uh, it is you know the Canucks again. They they get 71 shot attempts, 41 shots on goal, but only one of them goes in. Brock Besser is probably finding the net in a game like this. On our minuses, um, I wrote down Yaroslav Halak about 10 minutes into the game. Uh, He looked really shaky to start. His puck handling was really bad to start. However, he got settled in. And... He everything that happened in tight, he seemed to be right on the right on the ball. He was always square to the shooter. I think Halak played really well after the first 10 minutes. Uh, and even the first goal, you can't really blame too much on him, right? It was a tip shot uh, that was kind of a mess. So Halak was shaky early, but it didn't cost the team uh, in terms of goals. And uh, he looked a lot better in the last half of the game. Um, the, the officiating, uh, and I'm not even going to talk about the officiating like, oh, they were bad on one side or the other. Uh, the officials let things get out of hand after whistles. Uh, and this is something you see in every single level of hockey. Um, like the, the house hockey that I've officiated or the NHL is if things, if people start going after each other after the whistle and you just sort of let it go, things keep happening after the whistle. And then things start happening during play. And then things escalate and escalate and escalate to the point where it gets out of hand. Uh, and it's just emotions, right? It's just the way people are. Uh, so that happened in this game. The refs let it get away from them and, uh, things got a little bit more wild than they needed to, um, in this one. And my last minus, the power play didn't convert. Um, they were up against a, a pretty mediocre power play or a, a pretty meaty, uh, mediocre penalty kill for the Red Wings. I cannot speak right now. Um, but they had, how many power plays did they have tonight? Uh, it's loading. It's loading. They had, wow. It's just not here. Uh, NHL.com is terrible now. Uh, they only had three. They were 0 for three on the power play. Uh, but they also had a couple of four on fours that they played really well on. But again, one of those power plays, you capitalize, and it's a whole different game. The Red Wings capitalized on their power play with the with the Zadina goal, and uh, and it's what won them the game. That was their game-winning goal. Um, game pucks for this one. Game pucks are easy for this one. For Detroit, it's Thomas Grice, obviously. Stops 40 of 41, literally backstopped his team to the win, absolutely carried them in this one. And for the Canucks, it's Connor Garland, and it's not close. Connor Garland was the best player on the ice, uh, and I already mentioned it in the pluses, everything he did well, whether it was just, uh, causing hell out on the ice or the goal he scored, that was a beautiful goal, uh, or the plays he was making down low, his spins that he does that work so well with his low center of gravity, um, just getting into the mix over and over again. Uh, he's going to be a player that we love for a long, long time here. So that leaves the Canucks. At three points in three games, they've got three more games on this road trip. They got the Sabres on Tuesday. 
this game you need to win uh, if you want this road trip to be a success, right? You should beat the Sabres. You should beat the Blackhawks because the Blackhawks look really bad right now. And the Buffalo Sabres are also really bad right now. Uh, even though they're first in the NHL, that's obviously sample size. So the Canucks should go out and they should beat the Sabres and they should beat the Blackhawks. And then they should at least challenge the Kraken being at the end of a six game road trip and the Kraken have their home opener. I wouldn't be surprised if the Kraken take that one. But these two, these two right here, the Canucks have to go win against the Sabres and the Blackhawks. I know must win four or five games into the season. It, obviously not. But look, we're at a point in this team and with the division they're in that every point is going to matter. It's going to come down to the wire at the end of the season. Uh, so if you can go out and get points against the bad teams, that makes losing to good teams and losing unluckily to teams that you're better than again, like they did against Detroit tonight, uh, makes it hurt a little bit less. Um, and for these games, uh, Aisha is actually asking as we're, as we're here, do you see Halak starting any of these? I don't Nope. I see Demko getting all three. Uh, it's a two day break. Uh, until the Sabres game, and then a two-day break after these three games. The Kraken game on the Saturday, and then the Canucks don't play again till the following Tuesday. Uh, so I see Demko getting all three unless he gets, like, shelled in one. Uh, and But I, I don't really see that happening against Buffalo and Chicago. All right, let's go to your questions. Unfortunately, my uh, my thing that I used to, uh, to put your chat messages on screen is giving me some grief right now, so I might not be able to. I'm going to try again uh, just by going to the YouTube link and taking this and... Okay, now it'll work. Cool. Um, let me just get this set up really quick. That should do it. There we go. Waiting for chat. And now we can pull up some messages here. So let's go through your questions, your comments on the game here uh, and we'll start with uh, Chris saying couldn't score on the power play and a disallowed goal. Yeah, those are those are big game changers. And I mentioned not being able to score on the power play going 0 for 3. And then the disallowed goal is rough. Uh, and it, uh, you know, it's unlucky, but it was probably the correct call in that case. Uh, Max saying goalies should use that tactic more often. I'm assuming referring to Grice sort of coming out of the crease and and getting clipped by Hoaglander. Um I think Grice would probably have rather just made the save and he probably would have made the save um, if he didn't get hit by Hoaglander. So um, I don't know if it's a, uh, it's a little risky. Uh, Aisha asking, was Connor Garland always like this? He was so fun to watch. I didn't watch a lot of Connor Garland, right? He's been in Arizona last year. The Canucks didn't play Arizona once, so I wasn't following them too closely. Although people in Arizona will tell you that he's always been a super hard worker who's really fun to watch and a guy you'll love to have on your team. And that is exactly what he has been showing uh, tonight. Um, let's go here. Uh, Victoria, how good is it to have hockey back though? It was a fun game to watch, but differently wished for a win. Of course. And you know, th this was a game that if the Canucks had won this game, right? Let's say that Rathbone goal had counted and then they went on one in overtime, right? our tunes would be so different. We'd be like, man, that was an absolutely phenomenal performance by the Canucks. They were the better team on the ice by far, and they dominated the Red Wings, this, that, and the other thing. Um, but because one player, Thomas Grice, uh, changes the entire tune of the game, we're looking at it in a more negative sense, right? I'm seeing comments, you know, about, you know, about Horvat and Miller, about, you know, ways that they could have done better. But overall, the Canucks probably should have won this game, something like 4-2, um, you know, assuming that both goalies were equal tonight and we, and none of those criticisms would be levied, uh, in that case. 
Um, let's keep going here. Uh, Aisha saying Bo needs to get on the score sheet. Yeah, uh, I mean, he, he did get the assist at least. I think he's got a couple of points. Um, and look, a big part of it is being in position to get those chances. And the fact that we saw Bo Horvat probably get three grade A scoring chances tonight, maybe four, is a good sign, right? They'll start going in. Uh, if they're not going in right off the bat, we know Bo Horvat can score. We looked, we, you know, in the bubble against St. Louis, he was just a machine. Uh, Bo Horvat has the ability to score. Sometimes you just, the puck just doesn't go in. And especially when you're against a goalie that uh, just isn't allowing anything past you, unless it's a shot literally off of your head, uh, then, you know, it, it's tough. Um, let's keep going. DSL saying Pedersen seems to be missing the chemistry with Besser. I thought Pedersen, Miller, and Hoaglander are fine together. Um, it seemed that every time the Canucks were able to get set up in the offensive zone, it was usually that line. That line was doing really, really well in the offensive zone. Uh, Benjamin also saying missing Besser as a game breaker. Yeah. And, and I mentioned earlier, this is one of those games that Brock Besser should excel in, right? Uh, a game where your team is dominating, but you're running into a goalie that you can't beat. Well, who's the best shooter on your team? It's Brock Besser. If there's anyone that's going to beat Thomas Grice on a night like tonight where he was lights out, Brock Besser is probably that guy, and it might be a different game if that is the case. And Timmy also saying if Mott is back in the lineup, a, a big difference maker. And yeah, uh, I think the players that were out there for the Canucks, uh, like Lamico and, and I think Dowling had a pretty good game, and Pod Colson, I think they all did pretty well. And a lot of it is, you know, in the offensive zone, especially since most of this game was in the Detroit zone. Um, but having, you know, injecting Tyler Mott into that bottom six just brings the level up so much, uh, and having him on the PK, uh, would help as well. Uh, so yeah, definitely Tyler Mott being back, uh, could make a solid difference. Uh, and Timmy's also saying, hoping it's uh, soonish, like in the next few weeks. Yeah, I think that's the case uh, from what we've heard. I mean, I remember when I was at training camp, he was out there after the main group shooting pucks and skating, like just doing sort of like tight turns. Uh, so he's skating, he's shooting pucks. Uh, I'd assume it's just a, uh, you know, whatever it is, hasn't healed fully yet. So he's probably just not ready for contact. Uh, so once that is fully healed, as long as there's no setbacks, uh, he should be back in the lineup. Is uh, Mr. Joker asking, is Tyler Mott a 25 goal player if he plays second line? Um, I don't think so. I, I don't think he's scoring a lot of goals, even if he's playing second line. I think he's more of the puck retriever working hard in the corners and making things happen, getting the puck, fetching it, and then giving it to uh, the other players on his line. Um, but I, I think he would, I think he'd do any, uh, really well anywhere in the lineup, but having him on your fourth line or your third line would be a huge bump. Uh, Leo saying when the goalies pulled Garland should have been on the ice. He should have been out there six on five. I don't understand why green loves, uh, chase on so much. I wonder if it's because of their power play setup and where they put chase on, which is down low because that's sort of where he's the only place that he's really been good. And he's been really good when he's down low. Um, and, you know, he got that one goal last night because he was in the right spot at the right time. And yes, the puck got shot off his leg, but, you know, he 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 scored. Right. Uh, and he's been pretty good down low. Um, and they want and they would want Garland sort of on the wall or I don't know. I, I would have liked to see Garland out there, of course. Uh, I think he also might have just gotten off the ice before that, too. I'm not entirely sure, though. I'd have to go back and look. Um, let's see here. Uh, Timmy saying Garland feels like almost a more skilled Burroughs in some ways. No hate to Burr, uh, but Garland is exciting. Yeah, they're, uh, they do have their similarities, right? In that they're both, you know, uh, they both 
raise some hell, right? They're both making the other teams mad at them. Uh, Garland is more skilled than Burroughs, I would say. Uh, not that Burroughs was a bad player by any means, uh, but Burroughs obviously benefited a lot just from his chemistry with the Sedins and knowing where to be and scoring good goals. But Garland has, I think, more puck skill and better skating. His skating uh, and just his edge work uh, especially uh, is really good. Uh, Antonio, do you agree with the goalie interference call? Hoaglander wasn't in the crease. I think if you're the referee and you're looking at it and you see Hoaglander's shoulder make contact with the goalie's mask literally right before the puck goes in, I think the referee was right to make that call in that instant. However, it's then on Travis Green to challenge it and he wasn't willing to risk it. It was close. I don't know the exact rule. I think the exact rule is incidental contact outside the crease is fine. However, I, I also don't see like Toronto overturning it because it's kind of a bad look. So I, I was, I feel like if it got challenged, it would maybe had a 20% chance of getting overturned. I know that if someone had scored that goal on the Canucks to tie it, I would be furious, right? Let's switch, switch roles for a second. And let's say that, uh, the Canucks are, you know, down or up by one. And then someone clips Demco just outside the crease and then they score right away we'd be pretty mad about that. Uh, so that's why I sort of uh, I sort of empathize with the call that was made there. Uh, ABD, thoughts on Rathbone tonight? I thought the Rathbone-Burroughs pair was good again, uh, and I don't see them really coming out of the lineup anytime soon. Uh, Rathbone had one really good play offensively where he sort of like shuffled between a few guys towards the middle of the ice and made a really nice play happen. Uh, I really liked uh, Jack Rathbone's game tonight, uh, as I always do. Uh, and hello, people coming from Clay's chat after the end of his 24 hour stream. Congrats, Clay, on being done. I hope you get uh, some good rest tonight. Uh, Antonio saying Pearson and Chase on should stay in the bottom six and they will, especially when Spester's back. Uh, barring injuries, uh, they're going to be in the bottom six um, once Brock Bester's back in the lineup, I would think, um, just because there's nowhere else for them really to go. Uh, Dabnad saying, not going to lie. As soon as we face a slightly worse goalie, we can attack better than we did today and possibly win. I don't think the Canucks can attack much better than they did today. And you have to think, remember they're against Detroit. Detroit's not a good team. Uh, so yeah, they went out there and they really outplayed Detroit, but they, you know, the goalie's part of the team. However, you know, you, you, the Canucks play the way they did tonight against like Tampa and they probably don't outplay Tampa Bay by as much as they, uh, as they outplay the Red Wings tonight. Again, not like Vasilevsky's a bad goalie, but just as an example. Uh, Mr. Joker, why is Patan scratched? How do you go from first line power play player to being scratched? Well, Patan was just a fill in for Besser uh, at the beginning of training camp. And I think it's because the coaching staff anticipated Besser being back by the start of the season. So they just put Besser in as a placeholder. And then when they realized, oh, Besser's not going to be back for the start of the season, we then have to rework our lines. And I think it's because they saw Nick Patan as a guy who was outside of the roster, maybe like the 13th forward. So that's the guy you would slot in in practice in training camp. So um, and also, I mean, Patan didn't practice in that role. And then he probably would have had a spot if they didn't go out and make that trade and pick up Lamico uh, in that Ulevi trade, who ends up being that fourth line guy in the middle instead of Patan. So I think Patan would have had a fourth line spot if it weren't for Lamico. And I think Lamico's played absolutely fine. Uh, so he'll probably stay in the lineup and Patan will be the next guy in if any other injuries occur. Uh, time for hockey saying Canucks played well. Absolutely. They, they really did. Uh, but hello everyone. 
Um, refs drove me nuts today, says Fangirl. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I Again, I don't think they were super bad in a biased way. I just think they were kind of bad overall. Uh, and usually I, I don't really like refs usually aren't biased. Refs just have bad nights. And I think they've had, I think the entire NHL right now is kind of against the refs. Most refs have been having abysmal games everywhere in the NHL so far. Let's keep scrolling here. Uh, lots of people calling out Brock Besser saying that he's what would activate the offense. And yeah, and again, it's not like the offense was bad tonight. Uh, they just, uh, they just couldn't beat the goalie and, and something like Besser or having a guy like Besser is the most likely guy to beat the goalie there. Uh, Hockey Rush saying thoughts on Pug Colson. I thought he was fine. Uh, again, I, I don't think he, um, I don't think he was able to drive a lot of offense. Like I, I feel like, you know, but again, it's his third game in the NHL. So I'm not too worried about that. How much ice time did Pug Colson get? Do I have it up here? Pod Colson played 10 minutes, which is what we expect him to play. And I, and I think that's a totally fair number. He played three minutes more than Lamico did. Uh, and, uh, just a little bit less than like a minute less than Dowling and, and Dowling had a really good game and got a minute of power play time, which sort of, uh, adds that extra minute there. So, uh, I thought Buck Olsen was fine. Uh, I, I have no worries uh, and he will get better. Uh, Clay says, Clay sent me here. Clay going to pass out. Clay says, good night. Have a good one, Clay. Hope you uh, get some good rest tomorrow. Uh, Gmod saying power plays weak, isn't it? I don't like their approach down to the zone. They had one really weak power play and then they had, uh, I think two decent power plays if I remember correctly. Uh, I'm not, I think it's, again, it's really early. They just swapped power play coaches to start this year. Um, and they have guys there like chase on who shouldn't be there. Uh, and like we've seen Dowling on the power play. Uh, I think once Besser's there and then it, it moves chase on maybe down to power play two and then Dowling off the power play and you know, all these little tweaks that get made. Uh, I think they're, they're the one really bad power play, but other than that, I think it's been pretty fine. Uh, high T saying, I don't get two minutes for a legal check to the head. Well, they called it five. Uh, and then once you call a major penalty, you can review it, but you cannot rescind the penalty entirely. You can change it to two but you can't take it away. So if they call five for a legal check to the head and they look at it and they say, oh, it shouldn't have been a penalty at all. Well, the best they can do is make it two uh, for a check to the head. Uh, so do they just, they had to do it based on uh, the wrong call to begin with, which is a wrong call. I understand because when I first saw it, I thought Garland took Zadina's head off with his elbow. Uh, and then on the replay, you see, oh no, he skated into his back. Uh, so I, I, I'm not super upset about that one. And then I think the refs, used the scrum to even it out anyways. So it was still a five on five. Uh, see that saying thoughts on Rathbone's play. We already did that uh, a couple of minutes ago, but I thought he played really well. Um, Timmy saying like that. Paul Colson got out, got put out in the second half of the third tonight. Yeah. I think, um, you know, at the end of a back to back, the, he's got some of the freshest legs out there. Uh, so he's a, he's a, as good a pick as any to go out there and try to drive some offense. I mean, if you do look at his stat line, it is all zeros, no giveaways, no takeaways, no blocks, no hits, no shots, no pims, no nothing. Uh, but he was out there for about 10 minutes tonight. Uh, shy Jedi. Do you think the coach is happy with Garland? Absolutely. How could you not be? Uh, do you think Garland deserved the penalty? No, but I understand why they called it. And I just sort of went over that. Um, but of course, Travis green has got to be ecstatic, uh, with Connor Garland and the way he's played, uh, because Connor Garland has been absolutely excellent. Um, keep scrolling here. Um, 
Hello, Parker and everyone says Rome. Hello. The legend sent me says Chonger. Um, and I think we are getting close to the end here. Um, Flaming Storm saying that goal getting called back is really annoying. Yeah, it's fair. Um, but I, again, if I'm in the ref's shoes, I probably wave it off to begin with as well, because I, I see the goalie's head get clipped right before the puck goes in. Uh, and then it's up to the coach to challenge it. So I understand why it was called. Uh, and I understand why green didn't take the risk of a two minute penalty to challenge it when it probably wouldn't have gotten overturned. Cause again, if it had happened to my team, I would have been very upset. Mark is saying, Parker, if you were playing, we would have won. I, the only way that happens is if I somehow stand in the right spot and a puck hit me and went in, uh, and I played one shift and that was the only time I was on the ice and that was it. And I never touched the puck other than that. And I had six seconds of ice time and something super fluky happened. And then yes, that would have made the difference. Uh, Timmy saying, can't say OEL doesn't care about hockey anymore. That's for sure. Yeah. Oliver Ekman Larson has been very impressive. Um, and again, I was quite critical of the trade when it happened just because giving up the first round pick for what seemed to be another anchor contract. And it's too early to say that he's going to live up to the next six years of this contract or seven years or whatever. Yeah. Six years of the contract. Um, cause it's a big contract for a long time, but he looks a lot more poised. Uh, he looks really good out there. He looks a lot better than he has for the last three years. And look, I was just using an inf informed opinion. Uh, because he had been pretty bad, especially last year and a little bit the couple of years before. Uh, so I don't think my my thought was unfair. And again, three games have been good so far. Uh, I'm a little nervous to be like, all right, he had three really good games and he's going to be good forever now. Uh, but uh, it's definitely been a good sign so far. Uh, see edits. What do you think about Halak? Join the stream a bit late. No worries. Uh, basically, I said Halak looked a little bit shaky to start and then he looked really good. Um the Fabry goal was a tip, so you can't really blame him on it. Uh, I thought he was really good on shots in tight. Uh, he seemed to be very stable and very square to the shooter. Um, I thought Halak was fine. Uh, I was worried, though, after the first 10 minutes or so. Uh, Joker saying, what do you think about the offside call where Garland scored the second time? I don't think it was offside. I only saw the replay once, but if I look at it again, uh, I would like to see it again. Um, but I don't, I didn't think he was offside in the moment. Um, and I, but I also don't know that he would have scored if the whistle didn't go right because Thomas Grice stood up and didn't try to save it. Uh, and with the way Grice was playing, he probably would have saved it. Um, Gmod OEL with the dirty spear though. Yeah, it was a bit of a, that was a bit rough. He, uh, he definitely gave him a, a quick jab below the waist, uh, is what we'll say there. Uh, and he probably could have got more than the two minutes he did. Um, Derp saying, when are you doing another analysis video? Um, when I have time, I am, it's, it really comes down to after a game, like a game like this, probably not worth doing a breakdown for, because it was really obvious what happened. The Canucks were really good. Grice was really good and Grice won. Um, but it just comes down to what I, like if I have time the following day and it's a game worth doing, uh, which I just haven't run into yet, but we'll see. Uh, there, there will be some coming up for sure. Uh, we are going to wrap up in a couple minutes here, so get your questions in right now. I want to wrap up just past 7.30 here because um, I need to get some dinner uh, real quick. Uh, Shy Jedi, do you think the Canucks will play better or worse once Besser comes back? They're going to play better. Uh, adding adding a bona fide first-line winger to your team is not going to make the rest of your team play worse. If anything, it's going to make them play better. The team's going to be fired up to have... Uh, Brock Besser back. And yeah, the Canucks played excellent tonight. But remember, it was against Detroit, right? It's not like the Canucks went out 
and just put up 41 shots on the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Colorado Avalanche, right? It was Detroit, uh, and they play Buffalo next, so don't put too much stock into these games. These are teams that the Canucks should be better than. If they're going to be a playoff team, they should be better than these teams, which they were. They met the requirements. They just weren't able to score enough goals, and a guy like Brock Besser is only going to help with that. Um, We have... Sorry, I this one looks cut off. Oh, Matt retracted. Okay, we'll keep moving. Um, Christopher saying new players like OEL and Connor Garland and Pod Colson are playing really good. I agree. Um, I think of the three, Pod Colson has been um, good, but I think people were overhyped on him early uh, in like before preseason and stuff. But I, I Pod Colson is sort of doing exactly what I expected. However, OEL's exceeding expectations, and Garland's just been so awesome. Uh, so excited to watch him play. Uh, Timmy's saying, would you prefer Besser fills the Hoaglander spot on the first line or the Pearson spot with Bo? I think you have to try going back to the lotto line, put Besser with Miller and Pedersen, and then bump Pearson out and put Hoaglander in there with Horvat and Garland. And uh, that gives you a super high skill top line with Pedersen, Miller, Besser, and then a super hardworking uh, second line in Horvat garland and hoaglander that is going to be so annoying for any team to play against uh which i kind of like uh, however you could you know keep hoaglander on that first line as sort of your uh your you know the guy who goes in and messes about and and retrieves pucks and then and then put Besser on the second line so you have more a bit more skill on both uh it really depends on what they want to do Uh, just going to scroll through here. Diehard Red Wings fan. What's your opinion on Cider so far? The Canucks broadcast was very high on Cider. He looked really good. Uh, I was I was impressed with him. Uh, he he looks like a really, really solid player. Uh, really good defenseman. Uh, but I haven't watched a lot of him play again because I didn't watch any of him last year with, uh, with the Canucks not ever playing against the Red Wings at all. Uh, I was really dialed into the North Division last uh, last season. Uh, Matt mentioning that a lot of the shots came from the outside. Uh, that is pretty true. Uh, if you do look at the heat map, everything is sort of um, along, like just in like the inside of the faceoff circle. So still kind of on the outside, but kind of down low. Uh, but yeah, not a lot in the slot. The slot is very empty if you look at the heat map. Um, meanwhile, the the one goal uh, that Detroit scored uh, was directly in the slot off that one tip. Uh, so yeah, that's what do you think is lacking on the power play? Uh, I just think mobility. I think the power play is pretty stagnant. And I, that was my complaint with it last year. Um, but I, I'm hoping with Besser there to give it a, a really solid second shooting option uh, will add a lot to it. Uh, we're going to put the cutoff here really quick. I'm going to type cutoff in the chat. Uh, so that way I, uh, I don't uh, keep going here uh, for too, too long. Um, Shy Jedi says, who's our most valuable young player and MVP defenseman? Well, only three games in, uh, our most valuable young player is probably, I mean, it depends what you call a young player, right? It's like, it's a like Quinn Hughes or Pedersen. But if you're talking like guys who are rookie or second year, uh, Hoaglander, Rathbone, Pod Colson. Pod Colson might be the most important right now, seeing what he turns into, because we know Hoaglander is going to be a really good NHL player. It really looks like Jack Rathbone's going to be a star. Uh, and then, you know, as long as pod Colson can pan out, that's one of the most important things for this team. I would say MVP defenseman so far, it's probably Quinn Hughes, um, just because it's Quinn Hughes. Uh, but again, it's only three games. So it's really hard to, uh, to make a decision like that. Um, let's keep going here. Winnie 
uh, would you rather have Gadjevich or any of the other uh, PTOs like Jason, Jason Dowling, Highmore? Uh, I think they're all so interchangeable that it doesn't matter. Uh, Shy Jedi, does Garland add grit that we're missing? Yeah, lots of people are saying like, oh, you don't have any toughness and these guys are too small. And it was sort of brought up. Um, uh, I think it was on Clay's stream this morning. It was so long ago, but it was like he was mentioning like, oh, you can't have like two small guys on a lot. Like someone was saying that some you can't have like two small guys on a line, like having Garland and Hoaglander at the same time or whatever. And it's like Garland does not play small. Niels Hoaglander does not play small, right? Uh, there's a big difference between being small and playing small, and both of them play much bigger than they are, right? Garland's out there getting into trouble, uh, drawing penalties. He was like fourth in penalties drawn last year, like second in penalties drawn last year. He was in the top five, uh, and that's super valuable. Uh, so yeah, he's very gritty, uh, I would say. Uh, Red Wings fan also wants an opinion on Raymond. Um, again, I haven't seen much. He looked good. He looked good tonight. Uh, Fangirl with the super chat. Thank you very much. Saying thanks for joining Clay on the stream this morning. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Fun to spend an hour there. Uh, if you want to go back and watch me spend uh, 45 minutes talking to Clay on his live stream, it'll be at the uh, the 10 o'clock a.m. hour. Uh, Shy Jedi saying, anyone notice how savage the Canucks broadcast was tonight? Um, in what way? I didn't really notice uh, anything like that. Uh, and the last question we're going to take here is DM saying, what do you think of Pullman? I thought he's been playing a really so uh, solid, strong game. Uh, nothing too crazy. He hasn't gone out and made many, many, any really, any real mistakes. Uh, he hasn't made a lot happen, but I think he's been absolutely fine. Uh, and ad as, as advertised so far. Uh, and with that, we are going to wrap up here. Thank you guys for hanging out on this post game show. Make sure you subscribe. If you haven't already hit the like button, if you missed any part of the show, you can rewind back to the beginning, or you can listen to it on your favorite podcast platform in a few minutes here. Uh, and a shout out to our, Oh, it moves the entire camera, our backstage member and our goat member, Lucas, uh, Adam and Lucas. Thank you guys very much. If you want to become a member, uh, a VIP, uh, there's a join button down below entirely optional. You get a couple extra perks. Uh, and with that, I am out of here and I will see you guys in the next one.